Snippet, the short podcast platform. Hello, my friends, and welcome back to The Closet Space. It's season two, and we are back and gayer than ever. Happy Pride to the entire LGBTQIA community. I've missed you all so much, so I'm thrilled to be back and sharing more stories from anyone who has been bold enough to open their closet doors and venture into the beautiful unknown. My very first guest of season two is an incredible performer, entertainment professional, a married man, and a Britney stan, none other than my friend, Alex VDH. I first saw Alex perform at Learn the Words Bitch, a lip sync show in Silver Lake, and I was shook. The costume changes, the wig reveals, the backup dancers, the star power. If he wore army pants and flip-flops, I would go out and buy army pants and flip-flops. I'm so excited to bring his story and amazing energy to the show. Without further ado, my conversation with Alex. Hello, Alex. Thank you so much for joining me here on the Closet Space podcast. I'm so Happy to have you as a guest. Thank you so much for having me. This is very exciting. You know, so I, as I may have mentioned, I first saw you uh, perform at Learn the Words, one of our favorite shows in Silver Lake, the best lip sync show in Los Angeles. Absolutely. And the very first time I saw you, I was so blown away by your performance, by your production, by how exciting of a presence you were, and also how exciting it was to watch someone be so completely comfortable with themselves and to have such an ability to turn the party so confidently in a room full of gays. Oh my gosh. It's something, I was not prepared for all these compliments. It's wow. very true. It's exactly how I felt. Well, one thing I, I would love to know about you is do you think that these performances that I saw you do, that you have fun putting together, do you think this is something that you would have pictured yourself doing when you were younger and in the closet? Yeah, you know, it's actually funny because I think that I was doing performances like this all throughout my life. I did like an Aladdin number for the talent show once where I dressed as the genie and sang Friend Like Me uh, or Friend Like You for the talent show, painted myself entirely blue, wore like these gold lame spandex pants and that is a learn the words bitch performance absolutely and then looking back even further like I was constantly doing making my family watch me dance with scarves in the living room and all types of things like that so pretty much I've been doing this my whole life now I think being in drag and doing that aspect of it was my biggest fear growing up I never wanted to do drag and obviously drag is an element of some of the performances that I've done. I wouldn't, I'm obviously not a professional drag queen, but I do enjoy not being afraid to dress up and do whatever the performance demands, at least the performance that I have in my head that I have made up that nobody is holding me to, but I force myself to to do that. I am the definition of extra sometimes to my own detriment. And I think that's a great part of the show is that you really, as an artist, you get to experiment with like what is too far. There have been performances where I've tried to do too much and you learn where that line is uh, as an artist during that show. And that's what I love so much about the space. So being extra, do you feel like that's always defined you? Do you feel like you (laughs) ever really had to come out of the closet? Like, were you always exuberant? And so people were like, 
oh, that's just him. He Did people assume that about you? Or did you really have to come out of the closet with people? So I grew up in Georgia. And what was tough about me was that everybody knew I was gay except for me. But also, it's kind of weird to look back because psychologically, I had sort of pushed myself into such a denial mentally because, you know, what kids do is they make fun of you for something that you are. And so then you repress that part of yourself as much as you possibly can. So, you know, I'm doing genie friend like you for the talent show and everybody is like, this kid is gay, but I don't know that, that I'm gay because I've just repressed that part of myself so deeply because people have made me hate that part of myself and not want to be that at all. So yeah, I've always been extra and I often did identify with pop culture as a kid because, and Britney Spears, Mm -hmm. because she was so widely ridiculed at the time. And I identified with that in sort of a similar way. And she was sort of like a superhero for me. And so I wanted to display that same amount of confidence despite being ridiculed. So that's why I, I think I grasped onto that so strongly like as a kid and then obviously for the rest of my life (laughs) (laughs) well yeah that's a perfect way to do think about her because you know i greatly identify and i'm sure many other gay people listening also rode the britney train straight into their or straight out of the closet basically yeah um yeah britney spears was a revolution in the same way that madonna was a revolution in her era and just like Pop divas do their fair share of work helping us gay kids figure ourselves out in a bit. Totally. And she was also my beard. You know, it was also like, well, who, what girl are you attracted to? Well, obviously Britney Spears. She's so hot. She's the hottest. So it's like, I am clearly straight because I'm so attracted to Britney Spears. I know all the lyrics to every song. So when you did come out, how was it received with your family, with your friends in the area? I mean, everybody knew and... It sort of started, but again, like my, I think my hormones just didn't hit until my senior year of high school. Um, So that's when I developed a crush on a guy that I could not deny that even no amount of repression could deny the amount that I was attracted to this person. And so I started coming out to, you know, one or two friends and whatnot. And then I sort of made the decision to wait until college Like it was giving me way too much anxiety, the idea of coming out publicly at the school and for having all of these people who were right about me, these bullies, everybody who had been so mean to me, for them to know something about me that I couldn't know about myself, that was the most humiliating part. And I just couldn't, I couldn't face that. And so I waited until I came to California to make that announcement. But overall, like my mom's a high school theater teacher. My dad is British. So overall, like my family was chill. My friends were obviously chill because they wouldn't be friends with me. Like they knew I was gay. They were just waiting for me to make the announcement. So yeah. How did that next chapter in California begin? And where did it kind of take you? Did you feel like you were able to kind of finally explore? And uh, what roads did that lead you down? You know, I came to USC uh, here in LA. And I think at first... We were all used to being the only gay kid at our school. And so suddenly there are all these other people who are just like you and there's a relief to that. But suddenly what made you special is not special anymore. And so I also felt like there was a little bit of competition amongst people either for and everybody wanted to have a boyfriend. You know, everybody just wanted to have a boyfriend. And so I think there were a lot of people who didn't like me, I would say, just because (laughs) They had an assumption about me in their head that I don't think was 
accurate. But I mean, overall, like I made friends through student government and through my dance team. I was on a hip hop dance team. And so like those became sort of like my families there. And in terms of gay people, you know, I really didn't start forming any sort of like community around like my sexuality until I graduated. And how did you begin that journey? What, what did you look for? How did you how did you find your first kind of gay squad? I just needed friends to go out with. And so there was actually a guy who had come over to my house my senior year of college. And I thought he was just the most annoying guy in the entire world because <laughs> he had all these ideas about how our house should be run. And, you know, like because we were having a house meeting and he just crashed it and then was telling us like what we should be doing with our house rules. And I was like, who are you? Anyways, that guy ended up becoming the guy that was like, let's go here. Let's go there. Like, come try this. And what he loved about me is that I would talk to anybody. And what I loved about him is that he would do anything and go anywhere. He was like my go-to guy of just like, I'm not a planner in any means except for these performances. I'm, that was much more his strong suit. So I, I just followed him wherever he would take me. That's amazing. We all need that gay friend who's actually a planner and take us, can take us from point A to point B. Absolutely. Uh, house mom or house dad. Yeah, the organized one. Yeah. So now that you are out, mm-hmm. do you feel like, I know you, like you said, there was that moment of repression that a lot of us obviously felt like when we were younger, but like, how have you unlearned some of those things and learned to take pride in those things? Yeah. I mean, I think that it is... A process, you know, I think even being like 32 now, it's weird to think of myself as being like just so old, first of all. Yeah, we're we're (laughs) ancient. But just like, you know, I mean, in high school and stuff, I used to write notes to myself, like very much like eighth grade, Bo Burnham's film, eighth grade, where she just writes notes to herself to inspire herself to like get through the day. Like I try to think of it that way, where it's like I am the living example of like, what a younger person who was very much struggling with their sexuality in in high school that I could, you know, be an example of like, yeah, you can do drag, you can do all of that and you can own property and you can have a job and you're not going to get fired and, you know, like all of those sorts of things. And I think just choosing to be comfortable in your skin and to be confident in your skin And then my high school self also inspires me, like the fact that I was so brazen and like able to do some of the things that I did despite being made fun of so much. When I feel myself as an adult getting scared to do something or to be as out there as I possibly could be, I think, well, my high school self has already done like this. So like, why am I scared when he wasn't scared and he had many more reasons to be scared than I do. So I think it goes back and forth. Like I'm inspired by my younger self. I think like my younger self had an idea that this is what my life might be. And so I think it goes back and forth. It's great to have that kind of internal well of inspiration to draw from because yeah, I relate to that because I do feel like sometimes when I am participating in gay lifestyle or just like being able to participate in a to go to a gay bar, to dance at a gay bar, to perform a number at a gay bar. Like, I just feel like I'm honoring something that my younger self would have wanted. Exactly. I'm, I'm trying to give myself the life that I didn't know I could have when I was younger. Totally. And I yeah. feel like that's what Learn the Words bitches too. I mean, like yeah. half those songs that people perform are songs that they performed as a 10-year-old with their disc jockey, like, yeah. you know, 
in the mirror like thousands and thousands of times. We'll be right back with more from the closet space. Families have a lot going on. Let Ollie help manage the mental load with new cognitive help supplements for everyone four and up, like delicious Lolly Focus Pops or Lolly Mellow Pops for kids. And for parents, try three new Brainy Chews to help you focus, chill out, or get energized. Find these cognitive health buddies for the whole fam at ollie.com. That's O-L-L-Y.com. These statements have not been evaluated by the Food and Drug Administration. This product is not intended to diagnose, treat, cure, or prevent any disease. Welcome back to The Closet Space. My conversation with Alex VDH continues. Well, now that we are here in a better place, out of the closet, uh... Fun thing to note about you. Fun fact, you're married. I am. (laughs) That is so exciting. Always love to see a same-sex marriage. So I would love to know, how is that for you to be a part of a a marriage in a typically uncommitted world of of gay men? Like, do you feel like it's a difference? Uh, Do you live a different life or do you feel like you're doing, you guys are doing your thing? Yeah. I mean, I think it's crazy because we we met when I was 24 mm-hmm. um, and I, it's the only life I know Sure, <laughs> and to live at a time during the legalization of gay marriage right. has been so significant in terms of just the decrease in suicide rates among LGBT, you know, youth, just the idea that our, our love is legitimate and that our relationships are legitimate and can be recognized and that we can show this piece of paper to our parents and be like, look, mom, dad, I'm a real married person. I'm accomplished, you know, which is silly. And at the end of the day, like it doesn't actually matter. You don't need the government involved in your relationship to say that it's legitimate and valid, but there are just so many benefits and it provides such a sense of security mm-hmm. that it is something to aspire to and to have, you know, a certain level of commitment in your life provides a certain amount of safety and, you know, just comfort. <laughs> how did you guys meet and how did the proposal go down? So I was writing a gay blog at the time. It mm-hmm. was called Gay Boy Guide. And at that time, there weren't many gay sites as there are now. Um, I was traveling the world with one of my best friends from college and she was applying to medical school. And I was like, okay, well, while we backpack through Europe and you're applying to medical school, I'm going to start writing about gay bars that I'm going to and that sort of thing. So I was writing this blog, the Euro trip ended. I came back to LA. I kept writing sort of, you know, Carrie Bradshaw asked where I was writing about gay dates I was going on and relationships and like things I was learning from different relationships and somebody from DC was reading this blog and was organizing a trip around the British Virgin Islands. And so he invited me on the trip to the British Virgin Islands and I went and I met my husband there. (laughs) And he's a British Virgin? Yes, exactly. (laughs) I'm actually a half British. My dad's British and then, uh, yeah, no, definitely not. And your a mom's virgin. a virgin. And my, my mom's a virgin, exactly. Oh, and is her name Mary? She, yes, it is. <laughs> oh my, well, there you go. It is. It, it actually is. <laughs> so yeah, I met him there and then we dated for five years. We went on an anniversary trip to Hawaii. Then he proposed there. He popped the question there. And then for our wedding, it was on our sixth anniversary, which was 02-22-22, two weeks weeks before the pandemic hit. And we got married in the British Virgin Islands. Amazing. Recreating the same trip that we met on. Full circle. Full circle. That's why they have a ring, isn't it? Yes. Full circle. Full circle. Yeah, that's Well, that's really beautiful and you love to see it. What is it like now that we've seen that draft opinion about Roe and the potential overturning of Roe v. Wade and possible other 
things down the road that might lead to overturning of other rights to privacy in uh, gay rights, women's rights, everything like that. Yeah, it's really scary. You know, obviously I'm from the South, so I have extended family who are Trump supporters and, you know, they have said, oh, but we're so in support of you and we support you and, you know, we'll never vote against you and, you know, gay marriage is not going away. Don't worry. That's not, we would never, I, I don't, I have never believed that, but now we are going to see whether or not that was a lie, but my hopes are low. My hopes are low for those people in my life and I don't know what I am going to do. Well, actually, and and I think for me, you know, my art and the learn the words and all of that, that's always been my outlet of expressing that anger and that passion and, you know, just that part of me that has been so ridiculed my whole life and celebrating it. I think that's how I will probably continue to cope with it is just being as much of a faggot as I could possibly be, you know? Amen. Fag power. Fag power. You know, I just recently did a Beyonce number, but I think for me, Beyonce is just, she's such an example of how you can be centered and still have a powerful political message. Mm -hmm. And I just so admire that about her. And if I can be that way in any way, then that's how I want to be. That's how I want to deal with things moving forward because it's very easy to let the anger take control of your life and to drive you into a hole of misery and you can't let it do that because then they win. Absolutely. And a great perspective and a great person to draw inspiration from. Yeah. Like, okay, ladies, now let's get in formation. Let's like get in have, formation. Let's go. We've got work to do. We we've do. got a lot of work to do. Uh, the whole LGBTQIA plus community, women and men, uh, any, for anyone out there who has people in their life. Like that's what, that is your role. I sometimes it's hard to know what kind of power you have in this world and you should just look at your immediate circle. And if you can influence your immediate circle, then that's enough. Absolutely. I mean, I'm living proof that I was in your circle and I'm now gayer than, than yeah, when I entered. Oh my gosh. Wow. Well, that's, that's uh, so great. And honestly, that is just the, the biggest compliment because we really do look to each other as giving each other permission to go there and to be ourselves and to be strong in ourselves. The same way that I look to Beyonce, you know, I look to you and I oh see- Oh my gosh. Yeah, me and Beyonce. Yeah, you and Beyonce two. are right there Perfect. on the same level. No, but I mean, you're you're somebody who's right in front of me. Power on stage. When you see that live, that up close, there's no way to not be inspired by it. And that's what I so love about live theater. And that's what I have so missed about oh, live theater Absolutely. these past two years. I mean, it has been rough and I feel so alive even just like having this show again. Well, Alex, this has been such a wonderful conversation. Where can my many, many listeners, uh, <laughs> where can they find you online? Uh, what are your socials uh, and where can they find you? And is your blog still going? No, the blog is, the blog is no longer in existence. Although I feel like I would love to revive it, but you can find me on Instagram at Alex Vanderhoek, H-O-E-K. And that's it for now. I mean, I'm not a huge social media presence, I will say. I, I actually quit social media for a year. Oh, that's right. And amazing. It it was amazing. And I encourage everyone to get off of social media, honestly. Yeah. But but if do you do it right after do, do, do it right after you listen to all of my episodes yeah. of my podcast. Yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah, it's tough. But yeah, follow me and then 
unfollow me and then delete your social media and then, you know, go live in the woods. (laughs) Check in, check in with me after the woods. Yeah. (laughs) Freedom begets freedom. I'm so certain that freedom is contagious. Alex's cross-country journey to find himself and his own freedom was not only a beneficial trip for him, but for others along the way as well, myself included. Sometimes it really does take others in our community to provide us with the permission structures to be our best selves, or as Brittany would say, to be stronger than yesterday. Now it's nothing but we. Okay, I have to go. Until next time, I'm Vic Ravindran, and thank you so much for joining me in the closet space. Thank you.